Hey guys, and welcome to Wrapped Up, a podcast where me and you get transported into the world of twists and turns, deep dive research, first-hand accounts, and personal stories, inspired by whatever topic I rabbit hole down this week at 2am. If your curiosity keeps you up at night, but you don't have the time or resources to uncover your most asked questions, you're in the right place. I do all the research, interviewing, exploring, and note-taking for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get to the weekly wrapped up. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 7 of Wrapped Up. Today's topic question is, should we discontinue the use of all coins? What do I mean by that? I mean all coins. Every piece of change, every cent you have, just like, nope, throw that in the trash. We ain't using that anymore. Should we do that? Should we discontinue the use of coins? Before I actually uh, started doing the research, I had an opinion on this, and um, actually that opinion has changed after doing all the research, and that is why you fact check, and that is why you look into things and, you know, don't just believe everything you see on the internet. Okay, the, let that sink in. Okay, I'll let you interpret that any way that you want to interpret it. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. We're going to cover some slightly complicated topics, but most of it um, I think should be pretty comprehensible, and I've done my best to make it as simple as possible, because to be honest, guys, I know nothing about money. I'm the kind of person who's like, just print it. I don't know, like, you're broke, just print it. Like, I, I know nothing about economics, so I have done my best to make this sound as concise and informative as possible so let's hope it goes well and without further ado let's move right along to discovery one for discovery one we're just gonna rip the economic band-aid right on off just get it out of the way so i can stop butchering these concepts So discovery one is the economic consequences as well as the economic benefits of, you know, doing away with the coins. Um, Something interesting that should be noted about coin production in the United States is that for nearly 250 years, the U.S. Mint has been the only manufacturer of legal tendered coinage in the United States. Um, So there's really only one company that controls all of it, which makes sense but i did not know that and now you know it and now we're on the same page but although we've been manufacturing these you know coins for nearly 250 years um, the fact that we still have them in use is actually becoming a less modern concept canada australia and the bahamas have actually all stopped producing one cent coins so what may happen if we followed suit and not just stopped producing one cent coins, but coins altogether. Well, some people argue that removing small coins might encourage retailers to raise prices. This means that items costing $6.99 could become $7, costing consumers more, whether they're buying an individual product or more products, you know, kind of as a bundle. Um, I kind of did wonder why, like, retailers chose to do that. Like, why not just say it's $7? Like, why, why say $6.99? And I actually got an answer. 
According to Brooke Nelson from RD.com, quote, retailers choose prices that end in 0.99 because shoppers tend to round the cost down instead of up, which makes them believe that the item is cheaper than it is, end quote. I don't necessarily completely believe that logic. I mean, she definitely knows more than me. I'm just somebody, you know, on my computer Googling why do coins exist, which already says enough about my information about economics and psychology. But it's, you know, kind of, for me, worth debating that people round down instead of up because I've never rounded down. If I see a price, you know, that's like $6.99, I'm going to be like, okay, so it's like 7 or $8. And then I'm going to hand the cashier a 10. So, I mean, I don't know. But, you know, the argument is that they could round up and this would cost them more. But there is also an argument that because that 0.99 won't be an option, retailers might lower the cost. Because without the 0.99 being an option, um, retailers won't have that psychological trick to trick people into paying more. And if, you know, suddenly these prices just, you know, started rising, people would be like, well, I'm not buying that. So retailers might actually choose to lower the cost and kind of change their tune if the coins were not available for their use of psychological manipulation. And also certain experts argue that whether up or down, if a one cent, you know, difference would really, like, would it do anything? Would it really be costing people that much money? Some people argue that it would not. That, you know, an additional one cent added on top of sales tax would be minimal. But what if it wasn't minimal? Well, somebody did, um, quote-unquote research. I'll get to why I don't like this person in a second, and trust me, you won't, you won't like this bro either, this actual chad of a person, but, um, this person, economic expert Raymond Lumbra, argued that they would round the sales up and displayed what they thought the consequences would be if that happened, and, Obviously, this person was against getting rid of coins because this is what they believed would happen, so keep that in mind. It'll come in handy later. So, in 1990, Raymond Lombra, an economic expert, argued to the Senate that rounding up sales could cost consumers $6 million a year, um, which would be around $1.2 billion in 2021. He argued that this rounding up of sales would increase CPI and cost the government a lot of money, in terms of social security prices, um, he argued that the cost of social security would rise if they rounded up sales. I mean, maybe there's a connection there. Um, you know, he claims to be an economic expert and the Senate was willing to listen to him. So he probably knows more. And I don't know much about economics, but I don't really see a connection between me buying like, I don't know, a book from Barnes and Noble and social security prices, but whatever. And also, like, if we raised funding for Social Security, wouldn't that be a good thing? I mean, like, I don't, I, sis, let's just move on. That's, that's a whole nother topic. Anyways, he argued that the increase in CPI would end up costing the government $3 billion over the course of five years. However, this study was done in the 1990s, and recent studies deny these claims. Economic expert Robert... Wap, Waplet, guys, I cannot say this guy's last name. It's spelled W-A-P-L-E-S. 
and I can't say it, and I don't want to say Robert and Raymond because I'm going to get tongue-tied. So instead, I'm going to call Robert, whatever his last name is, Mr. Wop, and I, I have no regrets. So economic expert Mr. Wop did a study in 2007 that is much more current, obviously, than a study done in 1990, but it's also a ton more reliable. You see, Raymond over here did his study by going to random convenience stores, just glancing over their prices and assuming people would buy exactly three items. It feels like something I would do for like a third grade science project that I had a week to complete. I mean, it's just so lazy and doesn't seem, you know, that that scientific or that economically intelligent. You see, Mr. Wops did actual work. He collected and analyzed data from more than 200,000 convenience store transactions across seven different states. Um, his findings suggested that any raise in prices, or I guess any rise in prices, um, would be so small and so insignificant that CPI would see virtually no effect. He concluded it would not cause widespread inflation or explode government cost. And honestly, who do you trust more? A guy who clearly did his, you know, research going to, you know, 200,000 convenience stores looking at their transactions, analyzing that data, blah, 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 or some dude who walked into like two CVSs and was like, can I see your most recent receipts? Yeah, that checks out. And they definitely just bought orange juice banana bread. Can you get banana bread at CVS? Now you can. Orange juice, banana bread, and a bang. I would really want to know why somebody would need those in combination. Anyways, who would you trust more? The guy who did that or the guy who actually did his research? Mm, I trust Mr. Wop. I mean, who wouldn't? Well, let's step away from uh, Mr. Raymond and Mr. Wop for a moment and travel across the globe to South Korea. You see, South Korea actually has a plan to get rid of all its coins. In South Korea, the smallest banknote is worth in USD 83 cents. Their plan ent entails that the country would not be rounding to the nearest banknote. And this kind of put the citizens at a disadvantage, if I'm being honest, because if the citizen doesn't pay electronically and they use you know, the banknotes, then they lose a fraction of those 83 cents. Um, so I was like, well, why? Like, that doesn't seem very cool. Like, that that's not radical at all. Well, apparently the goal is for, you know, people to eventually get tired of, you know, losing those 83 cents and stop using banknotes and just start paying completely electronically. You know, debit, credit, Apple Pay, whatever the case may be. Um, the, the plan is to get rid of the coins, which would eventually encourage people to get rid of banknotes, which would then encourage them to pay in an electronic format. And cash would really only be used for like large monetary gifts, because you know it's kind of weird to just gift someone a credit card. I mean, you could always Venmo them, but I guess not everybody has that. Is Venmo a thing in South Korea? I probably should look that up. Anyways, they say that cash will only be used for large monetary gifts and, of course, illegal purchases. I don't know, I don't think you're vidmoing your drug dealer in South Korea, but what do I know? I don't live there. Still, because human beings never cease to disagree and argue, um, people have kind of mm, slandered that plan, saying that going cashless is costly which is ironic. 
So essentially the argument is that the hidden fees, you know, within debit cards and, you know, PayPal and all of these different things, all of those hidden fees that we have to pay, um, especially for things like failing to keep a minimum balance in an account or hidden fees on a prepaid card can be debilitating for people who, you know, can't afford that, which would then in turn harm lower income communities and certain levels of the economy. Essentially, what I'm getting out of this is there's no simple solution. It might be on a case-by-case basis, and it might be up to certain states. It might be up to certain, you know, like districts or jurisdictions, depending on what would be the best for them. But overall, getting rid of coins does seem to be a risky investment. And it's not only a risky investment for the economy. It's a risky situation for the people as well. So without further ado, let's discuss that in Discovery 2. Discovery 2 is that should we discontinue coins, it could have enormous effects on people in poverty and people who are homeless. This obviously is terrible and would not want want that to happen, but unfortunately it could. So... Having no coins or no change um, would hurt the homeless population because more people are willing to give change because it seems insignificant. But to the homeless, it adds up. Some people argue that the effects would be reversed in that situation, though. Some people um, argue that individuals would end up giving more money to homeless if coins were an option. But I don't really see that happening. I mean, I, I admit if I'm, you know, passing by, you know, somebody who's like, asking for, you know, money to feed their family or something, I'm more likely to just throw whatever change I have in my pocket um, into, you know, the little box or whatever, not really a $10 bill or a $20 bill or anything like that. Because realistically, if we didn't have coins, I don't know how much I would be carrying around a $1 bill or a $5 bill. We actually kind of saw an example of this phenomenon recently during the COVID-19 crisis. A lot of retail shops and restaurants and convenience stores were not accepting cash payments unless you had exact change or they just weren't accepting it at all and they were doing completely, you know, electronic payments. But people in poverty and homeless people often don't have bank accounts, credit cards, debit cards, and definitely not Venmo. So when shops went towards a contactless payment and implemented no cash rules, homeless people's ability to buy food and supplies from convenience stores dropped dramatically. In addition to the homeless, adults who make less than $30,000 per year are four times as likely to make most of their purchases with cash than those who earn at or more than $75,000 a year. Um, that Those statistics are according to CNBC. So, you know, it is worth kind of thinking that, you know, if we didn't have coins and South Korea is right in their prediction that with coins being, um, you know, dismantled or discontinued, cash would soon follow as a domino effect and then we'd be moving towards electronic payments. You know, that would hurt quite a lot of people because especially with the amount of people in poverty in the United States and you know even people who may not be in poverty maybe just young professionals getting their start in the world who are at entry-level jobs or whatever or you know paying off student loan debt they tend to make most of their purchases with cash 
And if we had, you know, kind of an electronic payment based society, it could disadvantage a lot of people. And for people in poverty and people who are homeless, it's already hard enough to get food and supplies and, you know, just survive. So with this added, you know, hurdle, I don't know if it really would be worth it to get rid of all the coins, but for now, let's just keep exploring. Another thing that I found is, you know, the issue of charities. If we got rid of coins, how would that affect charities? And I was like, what? Um, I like clicked on that link. I'm like, charities and the coin shortage. And I was like, okay, this seems interesting. And it was. I didn't really think about it until I read that article, but people do typically make most of their donations with coins. I mean, if, you know, their little Santa Claus is standing outside the Walmart or the Publix, if you live in Florida, you know, just with their little bucket, you're going to, you know, drop some coins on there if, you know, you feel like it. Or if there's someone just collecting small change around the streets of a downtown city. I don't know if, you know, people do that. There's charities that do that and you just drop some change in there. That seems very commonplace. You know, you're, you know, waiting in line and you see, you know, hey, give us a tip. You drop it in there. Hey, donate to charity. You drop some pennies in there. Lighten your load. But, you know, what would happen if those pennies or those nickels or dimes weren't there for us to donate? Well, according to moneycrashers.com, quote, Citizens to Retire the U.S. Penny, which is an organization, points out that in countries that have retired their one-cent coins, charities have not reported a significant drop in donations, although the group doesn't provide any sources to back up this claim, end quote. There is also the issue that it takes a lot of time for volunteers to pick up, clean, sort, and count all of those coins that get donated, and the more coins in the mix and the more pennies there are, especially in the mix, the less value that the charity gets for each coin it handles. Once again, I don't actually know the economics of that, but these people do, they're experts in economics, so I'm honestly gonna take it at face value, please don't hate me. But it seems like some people are saying that it wouldn't affect charities, but then the economics bros are like, mm, that's not exactly completely true. Um, I feel like it's always, always these economic bros. They're just killing the vibe with their knowledge. I'm not really here for it, but uh, they gotta be the Debbie Downers. But at least they're being real with me. I like you, Mr. Raymond. I'm watching you. Wait a second, CJ. Why are you suddenly talking about charities? You were just talking about people in poverty and people who are homeless. Who do you think that a lot of charities help? People who are homeless and people in poverty and people who are in underserved communities. Okay, a lot of charities are dedicated to that. So in turn, you affect the charities who help these people. You affect the amount of help these people are getting. You see what I'm saying? So that's the issue with, you know, discontinuing coins and its effect on the homeless and people in poverty. But I kind of want to switch a little bit and just kind of talk about jobs, because, it, you know, that also kind of goes hand in hand with homelessness and poverty. Because if you don't have a job, you can't pay for things. And if you can't pay for things, then we all know what happens. I don't need to, <laughs> I don't need to explain that. But essentially, what, why I'm about to talk about this is because Mint, you know, the people I mentioned in the beginning, actually are, you know, since they are the only em employer of 
penny manufacturers, then if you were to take away the penny, all of those people who work for Mint, which is quite a, a big chunk of people, would lose their job. The stock would go down in that company, which would cause economic hardships. People who distribute the coins that Mint produces, um, they would lose their jobs for that production. So essentially, there's a lot that goes into that company and a lot that goes into, you know, producing and distributing these coins and all those people would lose their job. And to be honest, it's not a great percentage of the United States that um, you know, it's not like a, a, you know, some grand employer, you know, like the government, the, gr the government employs quite a lot of people. This company doesn't employ a ton of people, but it employs enough that it would definitely do some damage, you know? So you also got to think about that, you know, the people behind the issue, you know, it's not just the economics and the money of it. It's, if you didn't have these jobs that relate to coins and if you didn't have charities that utilize them and if you didn't have, you know, homeless people who need them to buy food, then you could, you know, focus on the economics of it. But you do have this human side of it that, that needs to be considered as well. And that is super important going into Discovery 3, which is going to dive deeper into the issue of people and coins. Discovery 3 is the relationship between society structure and coins, as well as the people living in that society and their dependence on coins. We've kind of, you know, we've kind of went over how the homeless depend on coins, people in poverty depend on coins, charities, but we're kind of going to be covering this in a broader sense. And what better way to do that than to go back to Miss Brooke Nelson. We love her. Um, she stated in her blog, quote, in a 2014 survey, 71% of participants said they will still stop to pick up pennies on the sidewalk. 43% said they would be disappointed or angry if the government stopped making pennies, end quote. I had no idea Americans felt so strongly about it. Like, first of all, I honestly think, you know, this was done in 2014. I think if you did this survey in 2021, the answers would be different. You know, 71% of participants probably would say they would not pick pennies off the sidewalk uh, because of COVID. I mean, we're not even exchanging cash half the time anymore, let alone picking up things off the sidewalk. I mean, that's, that's kind of gross. Like, the fact that 71% of people in that survey said they were like, yeah, if I see a penny, I'm going to pick it up. Even if it's on, you know, the street in the middle of a downtown area that probably has bird poop on it. Like, it, it's gross. And then for 43% of people to say they would be angry if the government stopped making you angry about what? Disappointed about what? Makes no sense. But those are the statistics. So, I don't know. It's just shocking to me that people care so much, but... People do, especially Americans. Another feature or factor of society that would be affected if we got rid of coins is the criminal scene. You see, cash and coins, both, <laughs> help criminals stay anonymous. And, you know, when you don't have that option, per se, if South Korea is correct, and if we stop using coins, we stop using cash, and we go to an electronic form of payment, it would be much harder for criminals to stay anonymous because 
all of these, you know, sites that you use to pay and every single bank you go to, it, le it leaves a paper trail. I mean, if you've seen any criminal show on the planet, they'll be like, we can't find him. He paid for the rope and murder weapon and cash or whatever. But if that wasn't an option, because if, if cash has virtually no meaning and if coins have virtually no value and stuff like that, then they would have to resort to online methods. Even if it was, you know, cryptocurrency, like, Bit like Bitcoin that criminals use, which they're kind of already using now, but that's because, you know, Bitcoin isn't so mainstream. But if it were to become mainstream and we were to shift towards a more electronic form of payment, then these criminals would be leaving paper trails, which may lead to us apprehending them faster and possible lower crime rates. But there's another side to that issue. As cash provides criminals a way to stay anonymous, it also provides a way to stay anonymous to vulnerable people who are not criminals. These include addicts, victims of abuse, victims of human trafficking, and more. So how would you protect these people? If you need to pay completely in cash, let's say you're on the run from an abuser and you need to pay completely in cash for everything, so they can't track you. I don't know how tech savvy this, you know, terrible person who decided to ab abuse a human being is, but let's say they're very tech savvy and they can track you if you make an electronic payment. You know, how are you going to hide and how are you going to cover your tracks if every payment you have to make has to be an electronic payment? I mean, if, if people want to find you, they will, which kind of sounds morbid, but it's kind of, you know, the saying, like, if the government wants to get you, they're going to get you. It's, it's kind of the same thing with, you know, people who are very scary and very dangerous individuals. If they want to find people, they're going to do everything they can to find them. And it's always kind of been commonplace for if you're on the run or in hiding, not to leave it, anything uh, left behind, including a paper trail of digital payments. So these people who are just trying to get some safety and some security in their lives, that option of staying anonymous in terms of um, their economic decisions would become impossible. And then there's another side to the other side that has another side. Guys, it's, there's so many sides to this, it's insane. But outside of criminals and people who need to be in hiding, a cashless society, which would, according to South Korea, I feel like I need to keep a track of how much I'm saying that. If, if their plan works out the way that they think it would work out, which I honestly think it would kind of end up working out like that too, and we ended up in some futuristic cashless society, which we're kind of already leaning towards at the moment, um, it you know would affect everybody, not just criminals, not just victims, um, people who need to stay anonymous. It would affect everybody. And therefore, there have been a wave of sites online that talk about the pros and cons of a cashless society, and I've kind of shoved their pros and their cons from a couple different websites into this comprehensive list of things that I think make the most sense and have the most to do with what I'm talking about. So some of the things that I'm going to be saying uh, may end up you know, being across different sites and different sources. So I won't be citing an exact source for this information. But essentially, some pros of a cashless society would be something that we already covered, which paper trails to track down illegal sales, laundering, theft, human trafficking, etc. 
um, but there would also be an easier international currency exchange, as well as less time and cost spent on, you know, producing cash and coins. But, you know, there's also the cons, which are the security issues that we kind of already covered, but there's also no fallback if a normal person's account is hacked. So if all your money is through is through an electronic database and then someone's like, whoops, hacked it, then <laughs> whoops, like it's an accident. Whoopsie, my bad, took all your money, didn't mean to do that. But if they did, you know, obviously it would be an accident, but if they did, um, you have no fallback. You know, you don't have any cash in your wallet, you don't have anything stored away because everything is electronic. And so if your account gets hacked, you're, you're kind of screwed. Um, it would also disadvantage poverty, as we've already covered. People who make less than $30,000 a year are four times as likely to not have a bank account and not have access to those technological resources that make banking um, cashless and easy. So the people in poverty and homeless people would be extremely disadvantaged and even more disenfranchised than they already are. There's also the issue of the psychology behind it, impulse control. It's uh, something that, you know, you say to your kid or whatever when they get a credit card, like, hey, you're still going to have to pay this eventually. Like, this will still have uh, consequences if you don't pay this. Or, you know, you're still spending money. Just because you can't see the money being exchanged like you can when you hand over cash to a cashier, you're still spending money. So some psychological experts think that a cashless society would um, bring about more economic hardships because that impulse control might be, you know, gone. You might not be able to feel that pain point of handing over a $50 bill, you know, for that new dress. Instead, if you just give them a card, it's, you know, it doesn't really register with your mind like I'm handing this person $50. It doesn't register as strongly as it would if you were physically handing them a $50 bill. So those are some of the cons and some of the pros of getting rid of coins and cash and, you know, kind of transferring into a more cashless, more uh, futuristic form of payment. And with that, we can conclude Discovery 3 about how society is structured around and has a strong dependence on coins. And that concludes Wrapped Up episode seven. Today we discussed the economic consequences and the economic benefits of discontinuing coins. We went over the effect it would have on people in poverty or homelessness, and we also discussed how society is structured and dependent on coins. We went over different issues within retail, government spending, charities, and kind of just basic living. We figured out that Americans care way too much about picking pennies up off of the sidewalk, and we learned how even economic experts can act like little kids doing a science project in the third grade. I still don't like you, Mr. Raymond. You know, don't like you. Absolute disgrace. But you know who's not a disgrace? Mr. Wobbs. We love him. And you know, I think those two are a very good example of always rechecking your sources. Guys, always look back. Always recheck your information and always try and get the most accurate information, which is what I'm here to do on the pod. So thank you for joining me today for Wrapped Up Episode 7. 
and I hope it kind of leaves you with a little bit of good information to make an educated and informed decision on if we should discontinue the use of coins. Thanks for joining me, CJ, your podcast host this week, and tune in next week, Wednesday at 11 a.m. to get wrapped up in another super interesting combo. Follow this podcast to get the latest updates and share this episode to spread the answer for should we discontinue the use of all coins? Bye!